So before we get started, I have to shout out one of the sponsors of this podcast, and that's Disney+. Plus. Now, by now, most of you guys should know what Disney Plus is. It's the home of brands like Marvel, Pixar, Disney, National Geographic, and many, many other brands. And you should be catching up on shows of theirs. I love Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. These are all great shows brought to you by Disney Plus. And if you're not checking them out, you should definitely go and check them out and tell them hey sent you. Peace. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. Right off the top, I'm your host, CEO Hayes. Make sure you're following the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can also follow me individually if you choose. So at CEO Hayes, that's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. And on today's episode, the main discussion topic towards the end of the show will be, are we seeing the renaissance of the black arts movement? Meaning is 2022. I want to talk about why I think that 2022 is is a revamp and a restart of the modern black arts movement. We'll get into that. Um, and that's kind of generated by, you know, I saw this trailer for uh, for Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. And it really just made me think about black art in general, all the different shapes and forms of it. Um, and so I really want to talk about that. We'll get into that in the main discussion topic. Before that, we got to get into my dark and twi- twisted crazy ass mind where I'll be talking about California suing Tesla on behalf of black employees, Joe Rogan, and the Amir Locke situation. We'll be getting into all that. Right after this, let's go ahead and play the intro right now. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, so we got to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy-ass mind. We're in the mind of Hayes. And so in the first one, uh, California is suing Tesla, the company, uh, on behalf of black employees. This is after some major allegations have come out about like uh, black employees being separated, working in a the, in the different uh, part where they call like the black zone, the plantation. All cr- It's just to hear that in modern day is really crazy and unexpected to hear um, of a work environment that's really that toxic in 2022 like don't get me wrong seeing and hearing that black employers are kind of segregated off isn't but like calling it the plantation this happening company-wide the fact that this the state of california got involved to the point to where they are they are suing on behalf of black employees listen this may is it's this one or two ways that this can go it's either going to get some major major news co- uh coverage and people will either way employers going to get paid once the state starts suing there's going to be payments made now the 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 Way that this can go is that it's either going to go a long, ugly court route, or Tesla is going to make a decision as a company to say, "Hey, let's go ahead, let's 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 come up with an agreement outside of going to court without needing to do that, and let's pay these people off and get them their money in restitution." That's the only ways that I really see this going, and it, it could get really, really ugly. Now, what this does for the company of Tesla, Tesla, who's owned by Elon Musk, and like really to this point, had really just. Yeah, you know, not to say that everything's been looking at, at, at all rainbows and everything over there, but it, it's it's crazy that a company of this size to get this type of of uh, lawsuit levied against them. I don't know if we've seen anything this to this level in modern day culture in so long. Like, and hey, shout out to the state of California. 
who is, is who decided to go ahead and move forward with the lawsuit for the black uh, uh like the the employees the fact that segregation this was spe- specifically at the Fremont factory um no African Americans or the absence of many uh black or African Americans in leadership roles and and the fact that they're saying that racism is this racism has been going unchecked since 2012 is wild right wild they have complained of swastikas kkk's use of the n word this is really going back and making you making you be in the mindset of like the series them like you just you don't see a lot of things this blatant in uh in modern day culture and it's it, i w- wish i could say that it's shocking right it's shocking to a degree shocking to the levels of which it happened but some of this isn't shocking at all so i wanted to make sure that i brought that up talked about that some in this opening topic let me know what you guys think about this and, and tesla and everything else like that this is crazy this is crazy and we could see one of the biggest companies not necessarily that it's going to be completely taken down but to see this a state of, of the California size step in and to cause some major cha- changes in this company is going to be huge. Uh, let's get into the next topic in the in my hey segment. That's Joe Rogan. Now, if you you've been living under rock, if you haven't heard about some artists pulling their music from Spotify, uh, Joe the video of Joe Rogan's repeated use of the N word in different times. This some of these uh, videos date back all the way to 2011. Um, and so, of course, during Black History Month and just in general, this is really stirred up. Now, this all started initially with. Um, People having issues with Joe Rogan's misinformation when it comes to, to COVID-19 and the coronavirus. And it bloomed out to the to the to the racism aspect of it. And now we're seeing this thing that we see so often in modern day and with cancel culture is that they're bringing things in from the past and using it. Now, one thing that I will say is that as far as the issue on the misinformation aspect of it, I would have liked to see that separated without the racism and the racism part being brought up in its own merit, because I think the uh racism now is kind of used as like this nuclear bomb with topics if you can throw the the word racist out to people and months anything else going on is kind of used as that trump card whereas this misinformation thing i'm going to separate it just for the nature of this conversation and the nature of this podcast um in the conversation here the misinformation part all modern day media is all about uh, misinformation so i'm going to leave that there not to excuse it right it's bad enough in, in in of itself and this is why i do like using independent um media outlets kind of like podcasts and everything else um to to go because there's so much misinformation out there and everybody has their own um rhetoric and everything that they want to pursue but the racism aspect of this when you have somebody now i look at joe rogan as the modern day shock jock to a degree right he's not shocking in the way that he just says things to always be controversial but he doesn't really think a lot of the things that he puts through and he's not really the, the put together type of media person so with that being said like what's happening here with joe rogan no i'm gonna say this now no white entertainer should be using the n-word period on their platform you know you can try to police what people do in their personal lives but it just shouldn't happen it's too something that could be too radicalized and at the same time it just shows a level of ignorance to the suffering i don't want to hear the fact of old black people use i don't want to hear any of that shit right i don't want to hear any of that there is not a world in which i personally will excuse any white person using the n-word on a on period period it should not be it should not be done now, when you hear Joe Rogan talk about it, it does seem like there's a level of ignorance. And by ignorance, I mean the fact of him just not knowing and probably understanding. He, it seems like he's repeating it, right? He feels like because he's using it in, in, a, in, in, in a way or he's talking about it other times where it used. But at the end of the day, I, 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 it doesn't sit well with me. And when, we kept, when we, we're seeing this modern day, like trying to take down Joe Rogan, Spotify is always, Joe Rogan is Spotify's bottom bitch. 
And by that, I mean he's the one that makes them the money, right? They gave him the big deal. We see what happens with that. It's going to take an artist, and I've said this before on the Breaks Radio, it's going to take an artist of a huge caliber to either pull down their music or say they're not going to make their next album available for Spotify to really wake up and do something serious. Now, we've seen the fake apology from Joe Rogan. I choose, I think it's a bullshit-ass apology. Um, So you guys can have your own opinion on that. But with that being said, I just really think in looking at this, it's, it's really one of those things where I think for it to be noticed and if we want to see the action that we're going to see, it's going to take an artist of a much higher caliber no slights to India or RE or anybody else to really either pull down or, or or hold some music back from Spotify before they really do something in this. Um, you know, people have compared it to the incident that happened January 6th um, and now looping them in with protesters and things like this. The, the issue with that is, well, no issue, but the fact with that is that anytime you have somebody who does something that can be radicalized, they're going to get lumped in with other radicals. And so that's what you're seeing happening to Joe Rogan. It's, it's, uh, it, it, this thing is ballooning to a much bigger outcry. And it seems like now at this point, it's, it's where it would have been something seemingly if it was just the Neil Young and, and people pulling their music where it may have been swept under the rug after a while, where it's now snowballing each week into something and something bigger. And we're going to see where it ultimately ends up with. Let me know what you guys think about the Joe Rogan issue and everything going on there. Let's get into the next one. This one is about Amir Locke. And unfortunately, in 2022, we are still talking about a, a young black man losing his life in which he shouldn't. If you don't know the Amir Locke story at this point, police issued a no-knock warrant um, or executed a no-knock warrant within 10 seconds of, of, of not breaking in, but in, within 10 seconds of executing that and coming into the to the home, Amir Locke was shot and killed. Now, he did have a legal firearm with him, and I know that, that the police did identify themselves, but you got to think 10 seconds, right? For, to go from sleeping on a couch to somebody being in your house in 10 seconds, and you have a legal firearm, which is meant to protect yourself, it makes sense to grab it at least to see what's going on. Amir Locke was not one of the people who this warrant was supposed to be issued for at all. And so it's, it's, it's stirred up the conversation of no-knock warrants and what should happen with no-knock warrants. Now, a lot of states, and in the state that this happened is, they're talking about doing away with no-knock warrants, except in, in severe cases, or maybe even strengthening and making stronger what, or tougher, I should say, what needs to happen for a no-knock warrant to even be allowed, right? Don't get me wrong. There are some situations in which a no-knock warrant is going to be needed. And, and the fact of, like, if you're going into a warehouse, it's clearly just, like, but when you come into somebody's home, things like that, you, you, you unfortunately run into situations like this. And unfortunately, once again, we're talking about a young black man losing his life. As far as where I stand on the no-knock warrants thing, I do think that it needs to be tougher on what and how you can get a no-knock warrant. But then also something, some rules need to be uh, held before you use lethal force because you are executing a no-knock warrant, because the purpose of a no-knock warrant is to come in quickly and figure out what the hell is going on. Like 10 seconds. Let's just be clear with this. 10 seconds. 10 seconds is not enough time to process anything. 10 seconds. A, a young man should not lose their life in 10 seconds because they are caught off guard because they didn't expect somebody to be breaking into their house from their point of view, right? 10 seconds. That's it. Listen, it's, it's unfortunate and it does need to be looked at. And I'm glad that some states are now looking at this. And unfortunately we have to have another martyr in the black community, another martyr in the black community to get some change that should have already been happening, to get people to take topics seriously that they should have already taken seriously. Somebody has to lose their life for that. I am a man. I am a father of a black man. You feel me? Two of them. I have to raise two young black men in this, in this culture, in this society. And when I, I be, I be being disingenuine if I didn't say that I am terrified for them, not because of what they do, right? Because I trust that I 
I I have raised my children in a way where I feel like I'm I'm I know and I can trust the people that my that my my sons are becoming the character in which they're becoming. But a lot of times, unfortunately, in this country, it's not just about that. It's about how you look. My son is a six foot 16 year old. And in some people's world, he is terrifying to them. He's terrifying to them. And that's just the reality in which we live. And it's unfortunate. It sucks. It's sad. It's disheartening. It's all of that. And I'm glad that some change is being is coming of this. And we need to keep that. We don't need to do not let a mere lock sacrifice go unnoticed or quietly into the night. Do not allow that to happen for every black child, every young black man that has to be raised, every young black man that, that is just out there living their life every day and is looked at as a potential predator or that scares somebody or is frightening to somebody just by the nature of them and their presence and their power as a black man. That's crazy. It's crazy that we 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 can't allow our young black boys to stay boys because the moment that they mature past a certain point, we have to educate them on how other people are going to be afraid of them just by the nature of who they are, who they are. Too many young black men have lost their lives for this country. Too many young black men have had to 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 lose their life way too early before they really get a chance to even become the people that they could become. So many black men have lost their opportunities to grow, change, educate themselves, to evolve as people. It's too much. It's too much. It happens too much and too often in this country. And I, for one, am tired of it. So when you look at the sacrifices of people like Amir Locke, who did not know when he went to sleep that day that he was not going to be able to see his loved ones again. And I don't say this to be dramatic. I say this just to be real. It sucks. And it's sad and it's disheartening and it's frustrating and we're angry and all that is true. And you have the right to feel that black man, black people. We have the right to feel that. Never let them take away your right to be angry about the society and the culture that we live in. Never allow them to take that away. Their fearfulness over us living our lives is something they have to deal with. That is ingrained in their culture, in their inheritance, in their people that they have set there and made black people the public enemy number one so fucking often that they are now, it's now normalized for a black person to be looked at as a threat. This is not normal. This is not right. This is not the way we should have to live. But unfortunately, we do. And until we get ourselves together, we as a culture need to get ourselves together, too. I'm not going to let us off the line. We need to get ourselves together so that we can be unified in fighting this type of injustice, period. We need to unify ourselves, right? We need to radicalize ourselves in, in whether it's protests, whether it's sit-outs, whatever that is, because it's too many, too many of us. Black men, black women who have lost their lives for a cause or for a purpose that we should not have to, to just be able to live as normal humans in a country that we built. Keep that in mind. We built this shit. And I'm not going to apologize for that. If that, if me saying that offends you, fuck you. We built this shit, period. We built this. And now we have to live in this and be threatened just by the nature of who we are. Everybody wants to take from black culture. Everybody wants to be cool. Everybody wants to do the dances. Everybody wants to use the slang, but they don't have to live that. Their embracing of black culture can be shut off and they can go back into the world and still be white, whereas we still have to be looked at as a threat. It's not right. It's not right, period. It's not right. It's not right. And as parents have to raise black men, black women in this culture, it's scary. It's scary. And that's where we sit at with that. I apologize. I know I got animated there. I did not know that this was going to trigger me as much as it did. Um, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a brief break. Let me reset myself. 
We're going to come back and we're going to talk about something more positive and why we're seeing the modern day black arts movement in many ways and in many forms of media. We'll get into all that right after this. All right, so I have a simple topic um, to kind of cleanse the palate before we go. And that is why 2022 is the restart of the, or the start of the modern black arts movement. And so this was kind of generated and started from me seeing the trailer for Jordan Peele's Note uh, film. And it's just, you know, we still don't really know what that film's about, but to see that it was about like the first official motion picture and the family from that. And, you know, I, uh, Jordan Peele has so many themes in his movies, usually day, uh, in everything that's so many levels to it. And it made me start thinking about how we're seeing just a, a renaissance, um, renaissance, renaissance. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly of black arts movie. Now the black arts movie just to identify it was in the sixties and seventies. And it was when black culture really started just being looked at as beautiful, the black is beautiful movement, the embracing of Afros, the, the style, the culture, all those things. We saw that kick up really heavily in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and that was looked at as a black arts movement. So now, um, the black arts movement nowadays, um, why I say we're seeing a renaissance of that in, in many ways is that look at, look at how many black projects we're seeing on TV, in film, right? That right there, when you look at the amount of shows that are that are built around black culture, ran by black people, written by black people, we're, we're this is at an all time high, all time high. So that right there is a big step in the in the in the in saying that this is the new arts move because we're seeing black people displayed in a screen on a screen. And that's not for the first time. But those stories are also being told from black people. It's not no longer people telling the stories of black people who didn't really live it right or really weren't in it or amongst the culture. We are seeing these stories told by black people and it's bringing such an authenticity to what we're seeing on our screens that it's it's refreshing right we're seeing it all now now every network every streaming service they have a black creator that they work with or they or they have hand in hand that they are trying to bring these stories um told we're seeing more documentaries on black people we're seeing all of this more and so the, it happening on the screen in the way that it is, is, is refreshing. You know, as somebody who's in film myself, who's in directing myself, it's just good that now that we have black men, black women uh, on the director side, on the producer side, that we have those and that people who want to get into and, and have an idea or a passion to get into these areas now have role models. You know, before it was it was literally what Spike Lee, James Singleton uh, or John Singleton, um, as far as like the, the director, and I know there are more, I'm sorry that I didn't uh, mention some, but I'm just using those as, but now we have Ava DuVernay, right? You have Ava DuVernay. Uh, we have Ryan Coogler, who's doing it. We have, um, shit, um, even actors that are now, uh, 50 Cent is a huge one. Uh, Courtney Kemp, who is involved. We need to also mention Courtney Kemp more when we talk about the power universe and her contributions there. We're seeing Issa Rae. We're seeing so many people now in a position of power to really be able to tell stories that they want to tell that are representative of them and their culture at a level in which we've never really seen the Wu-Tang story uh, in America, like that, all that coming. Um, it's it's just been a beautiful and it's definitely a renaissance, right? It's definitely a renaissance because of the frequency, but not only the frequency and the amount of projects we get, the amount of passion, the quality putting being put into it, the money being put into it as well. Very often, Hollywood, while they wanted to tell black stories, they didn't really want to invest heavy money into it. So we were forced to see our stories told on like like over the small screen, right? Or in a low, lower budget movie. We are seeing such a renaissance 
in the visual, we're seeing just so many more stories told um, in the visual aspect of it. And then let's get into the other part that I want to talk about. The music, the music. Like we are seeing hip hop be the number one genre in all of music right now. And yes, by that coming and by the nature of that coming, it means that there are people who are not black who are now taking apart. And, you know, that's always happened, right? We had the Beastie Boys, we've had Eminem, we had Rick Rubin, everyone who's contributed to hip hop, but our music, a music that we started is now the number one genre in all of music in many ways. And so, yes, while, you know, I don't like all of the newer music and a lot of people don't either, um, but it's, it's, you can't deny that that is just seeing, and, and that contributes to this being the modern age of the black arts movement. It's beautiful to see. And then when you talk about the style, the fashion, like people what like people like Kanye are able to do and how we affect ca- fashion all over the world now. We're not just even talking about America. We are talking all over the world of how this, this, this style, this talk, the swing, everything that is black culture is now being embraced and at a, at a higher level, right? It was, it was always, we're, we were always the flyest. Don't ever get that wrong. But now we're seeing it done and seeing other people in respectful ways, right? And there are some people that try to rob and some uh, businesses that try to rob from black culture and take away from it, absolutely. But we're seeing now respect paid to, we're seeing more black designers. We're seeing the black and beauty on the runway. We're seeing all of that. We're seeing it. Uh, and when I, when I say that this is the modern age of the black arts movement, it's because of all of that that's going into it. It's because of all of it. It's beautiful to see. It's refreshing to see. But with that same thing being said, we also need to be protective of our culture because there are a lot of people, culture vultures, whoever else that want to come in and see what they can take from our culture without giving back to it. The respect needs to be paid. And by that, we need to, and I'm sorry, I don't like the term gatekeepers, right? Well, I do because it applies in some cases. We not necessarily gatekeep our culture, but be protective over our culture because there are so many people who will come in and out and just take, 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 take and not pay respects and then try to use it and try to put their own spin on it and act as if it's something that they did. I'm happy that we are now in control in many ways in our own of our own stories. And that, and by stories, I don't just mean visually. By stories, I mean everything that is black culture and then podcasts, YouTube channels, you know, things that I do here, things that other people do. We're seeing uh, uh, black people be able to create their own platforms and to, and to live within their own platforms, to bring together other black people through those platforms. We're seeing all of that happen in real time and grow exponentially into a way where, yeah, there's a lot of fraud, fraudulent shit out there, but there's also a lot of beauty in it, a lot of beauty in it. And so those are the type of things that make me so proud of to be able to say that we're seeing the modern day black arts movement. Let me know what you guys think. If you agree, disagree, uh, you can send any feedback on that to the awaken soul pod at gmail.com or awaken soul pod at gmail.com. Also, you can follow the podcast at awaken soul pod on every social media platform. You can also follow me at CEO Hayes. If you want to do that, we also have a voicemail that's 614-547-2039. If you want to leave a voicemail or a text to tell me how you feel, if you agree with me that we're seeing the restart of the black arts movement, the modern day black arts movement, let me know what you think about all that down below. Um, if you're watching the video on YouTube or you can send that in, but that's it. That is it for me for today. I know I got super passionate in, in there. I'm sorry if I killed your eardrums. I'll go ahead. I should be able to normalize the audio. So you guys should be cool. But uh, that's it for me for today. Um, Make sure you're following us, subscribe, all the good stuff. Leave a review. Uh, We'll be doing some giveaways here shortly. But that's it for me. I'm Hayes. Uh, This is the number one podcast for the culture. I love each and every one of you guys. Peace.
This has been a presentation of the Breaks Media. Media.